Well, hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Complete Geeks podcast. I am Organic, joined tonight by the one and only... Bob. What's up? Not much. How you doing? How you been? Uh, not another day. Uh, just <laughs> right. the, the countdown to when the baby is here is coming quickly. Well, that's exciting. So, uh, I, I know you can, you can say that you're, you know, prepared, but you're usually never prepared. Uh, so how do you think you, there's, yeah, I don't, if anybody actually says they're prepared, they're full of shit. Yeah. It's funny that you, uh, that you mentioned about the baby and everything. Cause, uh, my, my best friend is, he's having a baby or, you know, his wife is having a baby in like September, late September, early October. And so this weekend I actually have to go. I'll probably talk about it more, but this weekend I got to go over his house and help paint a nursery now. So I can send the same pictures nice. like you do on discord. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that portion of it's all done. Um, yeah. About four weeks out now, give or take. Oh, that's exciting. That's cool. You, I mean, how are you, how are you doing with it? Are you excited? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I've been taking this parenting class. Um, they, I took it with um, the first kid. Right. And it's base. It's basically a a four four sessions of an hour and a half a piece. Mm-hmm. They don't charge anything, but just by doing that, they give you mm-hmm. essentially like a year's worth of diapers, formula, um, baby wipes. Oh, that's sick. That's a good program. So it's it's kind of one of those things. It's it doesn't take much to do it, but it's like obviously it's been almost eight years, and right. it's nice to have a little refresh. It's it's just hilarious. You're just like, oh well, it's getting about that time. I forgot how to be a parent. Got to start it up again. <laughs> get, get no touch up. I and it is also a very good laugh because the I I am the only guy that is attending this class. Oh yeah. And there are some interesting walks of life in there. Oh, I can imagine. Um, the the this past Tuesday, um, or actually it was Monday, we did the class, and this girl starts talking about that she has a two year old that's going on seventeen. And I was like, "Gosh, I really hope she elaborates on this a little bit." Right, please, and please do tell. So. The teacher was like, well, and she kind of laughed and she goes, no, he, he is he is like a little 16 year old. Hmm. And she goes, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, for like discipline, I don't really have to discipline him. He he kind of gives himself a time a timeout and he'll go grab his tablet or his phone and he'll take an hour just to cool down a bit. And I'm that's, like, that's so, not how that that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher the teacher was like, Well, it, it sounds like you're kind of dismissing his behavior and letting him do what he wants. And she goes, No, that's he's just he's a little adult. I'm like and it it was yep. I mean, good ten minutes of class going over that and she just would not buy off on it. But it's just um <laughs> and now and then the amazing thing is she's pregnant with twins oh, coming up. So mm-hmm. She's she's gonna have I mean two more seventeen year olds, a, little mini adults going around. Right. 
Right. And, and it's probably one of those instances too, where you, you see that kind of stuff and you're like, man, you're like, I, you know, I don't know about this. Like, you know, I've done the best I can with being a parent and stuff like that, but there's always somebody worse. There's always somebody worse than you. And so you're just like, you hear that stuff and you're like, Hmm, I am actually a God at this. And I am glad that I am not as bad as that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, by, by no sense good at it, but well, just like a thought the the funnest thing about a kid is basically the big big accomplishments is not letting them kill themselves because that's yeah. really all they try to do. Yeah, or uh or you know, not let them cool down on their own and give themselves the time out with their tablet. Yeah. <laughs> but oh goodness. Well, um outside of that, for me, I uh I'm still being a roller coaster junkie, and I went to Bush Gardens again this past weekend. That was fun. Man. Yeah, I know, right? It's like I've I pay it, and what's crazy is because of you know with because of COVID and everything like that, uh, things got like really cheap, like you know to get people back into the parks. I think it was like one hundred and fifteen dollars a person for their quote unquote like their low tier fun pass, and you know it being like fifty or sixty dollars to get in. You know, normally it was like, okay, well, so if we go deal, a, steal the deal. Yeah, if we go a couple times, like, well, shit. And so, uh, this past time we went on a Thursday because I'm usually off every other Friday because of the way my uh-huh. schedule works. And uh, so we went up. I literally worked. I went to work, worked for three hours, left Thursday, got to a park. You know, it's a three hour drive from my work. Drove up to drove well, more like east, no west to Virginia. And mm-hmm. went to the park for the day on a Thursday. Woke up on Friday because we stayed up there for the uh, we stayed up there and uh, woke up on Friday, went halfway through the park again and then went to then we decided this is the first time I ever did it was went to Water Country USA, which is a water park that's like down the street from it. Okay. And, you know, it's owned by Bush Garden. So it's like, you know, the. I had to pay for a ticket because my phone card covers that. Like, even if you pay for parking at Bush Gardens, it covers the parking at Water Country that day as well. So I was like, okay, well, there's, you know, pretty much not any kind of stipulation on not to go. And, uh, yeah, it was actually, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, one instance though, do you, do you know, do you, have you ever seen those water slides where, uh, it's not a tube or anything, but it's like the old, it's like an old slide where you go down on like a, uh, and see, you know, like those slides you would see at carnivals and stuff like that. You would go down like a potato sack and you would just go, you know, you go down the little hills yeah. and race your yep. way down to the bottom. Well, they had a water slide version of that and it was six across and you can race all the way down it, but you had to lay on your stomach and you were holding onto this, like almost like a mat, like a yoga mat, but it had handles on it. So you can hold on to it and slide down and you would race down. Well, I feel like that's I, not going to be super comfortable. Well, yeah, well, it gets better. Um, So I decide that, and this is the last thing of the day in terms of in general, like, you know, after that we were going to pack up and head home. Uh-huh. So I decide that I'm going to like push off on this thing and I'm going to beat everybody to the bottom at the cost of my physical well-being. So I push off and I hit the first hill and I'm like, great. And I, I tilted myself back a little bit so that way I can get some extra air and I'm just cascading over this water. 
and I've recently dropped a bunch of weight. So like I'm expecting and I am flying. Well, I hit the first I hit the first hump and instead of going down smooth with the hump, I catch a little bit of air and I hit that second part of the hump like a clap like that. <laughs> and I smack my balls. <laughs> and that was the first one of five. <laughs> so I hit that one and I'm like, my balls. I hit the second one and I'm just like, my balls. And as I'm progressing down, it's just, it's just, they're being pummeled. They're, my balls are pummeled. So I get all the way down to the bottom and like my wife is, comes in second. She was like, Bob won. And I got my hands on my knees because my stomach hurts. Like they are wrecked. And I'm just like, she's like, are you okay? I was just, the only thing I could get out was my balls. Like that's all I could say was my balls. and she was like did they hit all the way down she was like yeah she was like you were flying i was like so were they and i'm just sitting there the lady like there was a lifeguard at the end she's crying she's laughing so hard because like i came down this thing so hot and just at the cost of everything getting beat up and i am literally like just like like i just rode a horse for like 45 miles i'm just walking out of this place for like the next like five minutes like oh just let me get just let me spread these things out and make sure there's no swelling or anything like that isn't isn't it terrible like having like getting to that point where it's like just the old guy moment yep yep it was just it, it was so bad it was like and so like i wasn't expecting it so like you first time you hit you get stunned and you're like oh like that hurt and then it just keeps going it's just like pop 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 and i was like there's going to be some kind of contusion or something. <laughs> Massive <laughs> but, swelling. Right. Luckily, there was no swelling. But uh, outside of uh, and it was a fun experience regardless. That <laughs> that was the icing on the cake of a great day because it was just it was for me. It was hilarious. It didn't cause me any kind of permanent injury, but it was hilarious. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, I was not expecting that. And it, you know, all my friends that were with me, they were just crying because I was just, I was just sitting there. And I mean, it wasn't a, like a subtle thing where I was just like, you know, oh, I hurt myself. I was like, my balls. <laughs> Man, I've I've never been to like a water park like that. Oh, as, really? I, as a kid, and I mean, mm. my eyesight was so bad. Oh yeah, wow. I mean I had I had LASIK what ten years ago or so, but mm. as a kid I always had like that paranoia of like even like just going swimming was a nightmare because you really couldn't see like the end of the pool or where I was. Oh. I remember one time as a kid up in Michigan, went to the lake and first time uh was out like on a boat with a tube and stuff and they're mm. like, Yeah, go go ahead and hop on and uh get on the tube and here's here's the hand signal so we'll keep going faster until you raise your hand up oh my god so you got like like, that's like you got thrown to the wolves immediately so i'm like all right that's fine and then i get out there on the tube and i can't see anything so i don't want to let go of this tube so they just kept speeding up speeding up speeding up oh my god Oh my god. That's a that's the worst part too is like you you do that kind of stuff and that that's like the worst of the worst that's like freaking top tier in terms of uh water water fun quote unquote and yeah you cuz I always get nervous cuz like when you hit one of those like waves or one of those rifts you just like you go flying up in the air once you hit the ground or you know it feels like you hit the ground yeah. and then you sink underneath of it you're like oh this is great there isn't any uh there isn't any water parks or anything where you live. Uh there used to be a really big one when I was a kid. 
Mm. Um, but outside of that, uh, we have a couple YMCA's with like decent sized water parks. Gotcha. Um, and then as far as like amusement water parks, uh, I got to go a couple hours for it. Yeah, because yeah, because because I'm trying to think like what's close by you. There's there's actually there's a Six Flags about you know 45 minutes away from me, but it's okay. Um, Six Flags I've realized over the years they're definitely like the Walmart of amusement parks, and especially oh now, man, so I've seen I've seen some pictures this past year, and I'm like, yeah. man, it is like when I was a kid, and like I mean they held the Warner Brothers license, and I was like. Yeah. I always looked at that as like, man, I don't, I don't want to go to Disney. That's, I want to go to Six Flags. Oh uh, yeah, you're not, yeah. Uh, so, like, when you look at like a place like Bush Gardens and things like that, because it's been there for so long, it's been there for like forty or fifty years now. Um, it's built into the woods. It's like in a big sprawling area, a lot of trees, a lot of foliage, and everything like that. So it's like a lot of natural shade. It just feels like you're walking around, like essentially in a forest with a bunch of roller coasters in it. It's very well done. Um, it's very nostalgic because it, it's exactly what I remembered as a kid, but not with like rose colored glasses. So yeah. it isn't, I'm not walking in this place like, oh, this place is way better. You know, it was a lot better when I was a kid because of this, this, and this. Six Flags is actually like that. Like, I remember it as a better experience as a kid because when I was a kid, those, uh, those, that amusement park actually turned into like, before it became a Six Flags, it used to be a place called Wild World. And then it became a, a a venture world, which was like privately owned. And then once they both, you know, as it manipulated over time, eventually Six Flags bought it. And come to find out, like Six Flags in general, that's what they do is they buy a lot of like either decaying amusement parks or decrepit amusement parks. And then they reconfigure them, add a couple rides to them, take down a couple rides, put their branding on it. And then they're like, look, this is what it is. So they pretty much like, you know, reanimate amusement parks and uh but you can tell that they dump money into it initially and then after that like once i got there i'm just like it is definitely like the mona lisa of parks because like everything looks cool from when you're not staring at it like directly but the more you get up onto something or closer you get to something you're like oh they haven't painted that in 20 years they haven't painted that one like like a lot of the roller coasters are like the original paint like there's no like touch up or anything like that. Like a lot of, a lot of stuff that you see, you're just like, yeah, this is not. You definitely get what you paid for because the thing <laughs> I paid like it, then it makes you super yeah. good riding that stuff. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> it made me feel really good about riding some of this shit. And so it was like, it, it was funny because like now it's now that I am small enough to ride these rides, like I'm definitely like super judgmental lately and like ranking stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's because I have three amusement parks within. The maximum is three hours, so it's it's pretty cool that you know I can do that. But it's definitely like Bush Gardens, King's Dominion, then really low at the bottom is Six Flags, and the Six Flags is the one that's closest to me, and it's the one I don't want to go to, <laughs> yeah. which is shitty. But outside of that, um, you know, doing that kind of stuff and work, uh, my work just in, instilled the new uh, just instilled mask mandates again because things are starting to spike with the Delta variant. Yeah, and... we just uh, did a poll at work today, actually. Of mm. uh, they're looking at mandating the vaccine. Oh, mandating the vaccine. We haven't gotten that far yet, but they're they're yeah. About, it's yeah. Our our poll was it was basically 
would would you be if we mandated the vaccine would you get the vaccine or would you quit slash be fired and 57 percent said that they would be fired so i'll be curious that's actually from the area that you live in no offense but i'm actually shocked it was that low well it it makes sense because that's about what our vaccination rate is okay okay so but i also i mean we've uh, we've stayed in masks um it's been oh, okay See? ever since it broke out so mm. we had very few kind of outbreaks it's been the few people that have popped it hasn't spread within the business okay so, that's good so i mean i i get some people's feelings that i mean hey we're we're keeping this somewhat under control but right and with us we're expecting it i know we we relaxed on the mask mandate for a while and i was okay with it because i was fully vaccinated but then as things started getting progressively worse and you know they were like oh we're going to instill masks again i i'm not upset by it i mean it it happens and stuff like that what bothers me is a lot of the people who are unvaccinated are the ones that are having meltdowns about it and yeah. it's like you know they're like oh, i thought this thing was supposed to protect us from all covid and it's like well you guys who didn't get vaccinated are the ones who helped create this variant no we didn't that's how variants yeah. work that's that's how this works like that's that's science uh, we had to wear this mask again this is stupid it's a private company they can do what they want if they want us to dress up like chucky fucking cheese every friday i'll do it because they pay me yep. an absurd amount of money to work there i don't give a shit that's fucked up no it's not you haven't quit yet have you you know it's 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 funny because like my my lack of i definitely have a more of a lack of empathy when it comes to that stuff like i still care about like you know making sure that people are safe and things like that but like when you openly complain about things like this and the type of job that i do is not difficult and mm -hmm. this is the thing like this is the hill that you want to die on nah dude move on go go work someplace else i don't know what to tell you anymore i don't feel sorry for you I, it's the vaccine is easily and readily available. I understand that you don't want to get it, but also don't complain when companies instill certain practices. Yep. Um, yep. So outside of that, I mean, other than that, work's been, work's been work. But on a cooler stuff, uh, I watched uh, a couple of Netflix series. Um, one of them was How to Become a Tyrant. And I am I believe not aware of that. It's it's actually really cool. It's uh it's literally talking about like Stalin, like Hitler, um, a couple others, and it's literally like going through their quote unquote playbook. Peter Dinklage actually narrates it. I think it's three or four episodes, but it goes through the, like essentially their processes on how they became like tyrants of their countries. Like and it's very reminiscent of like things that have happened recently. It was like, you know, manipulate the media, control the masses, like, you know. Uh, control the controlling the narrative, like you know it, things like that, and they're going through like all these processes about how these people became tyrants and then what they did as a tyrant. It's it's fascinating stuff, and they use a lot of like you know archival footage and things like that. It's it's super well done. It's it's really neat. I definitely would recommend giving it a watch. No, that that sounds like one of those things. I wake up at four in the morning and flip that on. Yeah, it's on Netflix and uh. Yeah, I would definitely do that because they're not. It's not like it's like uh like six or seven hours worth either. It's 
you know, it's super short. I believe they're either they're either thirty minute or hour long episodes. But there's only like three or four of them. And then uh, after that, I've been watching the um, on different scales. Uh, I watch Transformers. You know, the, I've been I obviously collect them as we've talked about in many many episodes, uh-huh. and we'll talk about in a bit. Um, they released the last part of their War for Cybertron trilogy, which is Kingdom. Um, it's but all the parts. It's in three different parts. They're six episodes each. Um, I highly recommend them because it's not just a retelling of like old Transformers from when we were kids. It actually like goes in a in a different direction, which is which is cool to me. It's neat to see that stuff like reinvented. So pretty much like this one timelines converge and so you have you know the main crew that you've been sticking with the whole series and then they cross paths with uh like beast wars versions of themselves so you get to see like optimus primal like uh tyrannosaurus megatron rat trap things like that um and it goes through all that stuff and then uh there's a couple things that allude to that they're going to do more which i'm actually excited for and i guess they're going to keep going as tie-ins as new toy lines pop up so I, yeah, it's, it's super well done. The whole entire trilogy like ties up really nicely. Um, like I said, all together, 18 episodes. I, I would recommend it. Even if you're not the biggest Transformers fan, like you don't, it's not so meta or like, so like into itself that you're not going to get what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even like voice actors and stuff like that aren't the same. So it isn't, it isn't there to fill that like nostalgia of, you know, eighties transformers. It's actually something new and different, which to me is entertaining. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, lastly, I bought a bunch of toys, you know, per the usual. I, I saw a few of them that you grabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you had a good, well, you've had a good stretch this past few months. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's progressively been getting better. Um, in Transformers, I bought uh, the Commander Class Rodimus, which popped up, and that's a uh, Rodimus Prime, like Hot Rod. It's the one that comes with like the big Winnebago back to it. I have to send pictures of it or look it up. Um, what was it? Oh, uh, my wife went over and Costco. If you have a Costco by you, they have like uh-huh. the little baby slave one that they, that Lego just released. It's normally yeah. fifty bucks, but Lego has it or uh, Costco has it for forty, and it's cool because it comes with like the new Boba Fett minifigure and it comes with a new Mandalorian minifigure. So it's like a little tiny baby Slave One or Boba Fett Starfighter, as they call it now. But uh, it's actually really neat. I built it last night, and I was like, "Oh, this thing's actually adorable." And it was cool having it ten dollars cheaper. And also, they had a couple. Um, they had the Super Mario starter sets. They had the Luigi and mario ones there and they were 15 dollars cheaper than they were anyplace else they were 45 instead of 60 oh, no shit. yeah I've, so uh, it's been been very close on pulling the trigger on buying the seinfeld set oh my god i saw it in person the other day and i'm probably gonna buy it this paycheck <laughs> it no, looks I, so good so it, it looks 80 so bucks. Good. it's honestly yeah. it's cheaper than what i thought it would be yep same and uh it's a it's actually a substantially large set yeah, like, that's what I was looking at. I was, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's for you for you especially because the way you have your stuff set up, like aesthetically, it's not a super huge set. It's not super gaudy. Like I have the friends, I have both of the friend sets for the misses, yep. and uh, I have them sitting up on the shelf. But they're actually very subtle, 
And it's cool the way they do these things because they actually build them exactly like a movie set. So like the friend's apartment and stuff like that looks exactly like if you like set a camera in front of it, it looks exactly like the way it would look, you know, looking at it from a television and, show. Yeah, standpoint. and that's and that's like the Seinfeld one I noticed, and I'm like, man, I just I I like that aspect and even yep. like it's got the studio lights on it. Yep. And it's a the under hundred dollar price point is like making yep. it so it's not overpriced and having all the core characters and everything, yeah. Yeah, I've been sitting here looking at it. I was like, God, I was like, I want it. And then it comes with a little brick wall for Seinfeld. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, so in, so I got those um, in Turtles. The uh, What was it? Tuesday? What's no, today's, uh, today's Wednesday. So Monday. So I'm on a couple Facebook groups and, you know, for like action figures and stuff like that. Well, these people will post when they stop by a store and they'll post stuff like what they found. Well, some, a guy posts and he posted local store and he was like, Hey, you know, NECA just restocked their shelves and they had Muckman and Mondo Gecko from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated line. They, they were sitting on the shelf and he was like, Hey, there's two. He was like, I left two Mondos and I left three Muckmen on the shelf and I'm sitting here, it's two 30. I get off at three 30 and I'm like, do I go? It's 15 minutes away from here. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. And so I literally for the sake of action figures left work an hour early and drove up there and flying. And it was a 15 minute <laughs> drive and I made it up there in 10 and actually scored both of them. I was able to get a Mondo gecko and a muck man and left a couple on the shelf. And now from what I was seeing on uh, Twitter, those hit the shelves a lot earlier than what people anticipated. Yeah, because what happened was is that uh, NECA did an open, they did a pre-order for like a certain amount. Like they had pre-orders up and, you know, mm -hmm. they'd be exclusive to Target. They were like, oh, we're going to do pre-orders for these and then, you know, they're going to come to Target later. Well, I think the reverse happened and they did pre-orders on them anticipating that they were going to ship soon. Well, Target stocked them before they could ship, you know, before they could ship the ones out from their website directly. So it was cool seeing that because like it helped counterbalance like both like supply and demand. So like most of the stores around me were getting like four or five of each and they are actually like sitting on the shelves, which instead of them just disappearing immediately. So it was cool being able to walk into a store and be able to grab, you know, what I wanted rather than having to go to freaking 50 targets and hoping for the best. Even okay. though I have pretty decent luck with it, it's still it's still a lot more convenient than doing that. But yeah, it was uh and then I rearranged my shelves so that way they're both sitting there. They're both absolutely fantastic figures. I love them both. And uh let's see, what else do I have? What else? I got so much I got I ended up getting so much shit here recently. I'm like, oh God. Um, are you getting um what was it was it the Infinity Gauntlet? The Lego one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to space out a lot of the Lego stuff because uh, Lego dumped a lot. They dumped, like, I think I did the math. I think they dumped, like, sixteen or $1,700 worth of product just in licensed stuff, like, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, and things like that. And, like, I was just like, holy shit, like, I barely have enough room for this. So I'm trying to space all this stuff out. Something like Infinity Gauntlet is pretty small, so I'll probably end up picking that up. Um, like sooner than later. Oh, and lastly with toys was uh I picked up um Playmates. You know those box sets, those retro box sets? 
that they've been doing mm-hmm. recently, like with the movie yep. turtles and stuff. They just released a villains one, and um, I was able to I was able to get that because it just came out. Let me see. Um, trying to see who's all in it because I haven't opened it yet. Good to show you how long I order things ahead of time. I always forget. Wait, wait, wait! I did that come in the mail? Uh, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, uh, was able to get it for me. Oh, okay. it's it's why I... it should it should be out now. Okay, I believe I have that one pre-ordered as well. Yeah, yeah, because this one is uh Krang with his little robot yeah. suit, Baxter Stockman, Bebop, Rocksteady, Foot Soldier, and Slash. Yeah, and it comes in a, and it comes in a little uh, Technodrome drill. Yep, I should have that coming at some point. Yeah, it should be coming sooner than later because I've seen comic book shops start ordering it in. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a. Uh, it's been a pretty wild week for action figures, and then I have a couple other pickups too, but I'll get those in the video game section. But yeah, uh, yeah it's I got a bunch of shit coming. I'm I I have a bunch more stuff coming, and then uh, eventually down the line, I'm probably gonna end up at the end of this month pre-order Galactus, the Haslab one. That thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it for me. What what else you got? Um, tacking on to the figure side of it, I just got my ship notice that my reissue of the Ecto One is coming. I think should be here on Friday. Oh, I got that too. That's one I just got it today. That's exciting. I'm really, (laughs) I'm really freaking excited for that. I haven't uh, had one since. Finger, fingers crossed that Walmart doesn't pack it all. Iffy, but. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of that, um, people are reporting that the vintage toys are coming up for like. Four or five bucks each in Walmart's on clearance. No kidding. Yeah. So if you, you know, in your travels, if you wanted an extra set or anything like that, just I would, I would say check it out. I, I, I know the Walmart right down the road from me has had all four of the Ghostbusters in stock. Um, since essentially like right after I got my completed set. Yeah, the only, um, the only thing I haven't seen ever come back into stock is obviously Puffman and Slimer or Green Ghost, I believe. Is God, what yeah, Green says. Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> um, people actually, it's less than that. Uh, three seventy three. Oh, that's probably yeah, because those are pricey figures. Yeah, for what they were, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the 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 classic massive header card on it. Yeah, I know. It's like it goes to show you like the age of the eighties where most of like one, like how much artwork there was to like make it pop. Because yeah. you gotta think word of mouth wasn't there. It was mainly word of mouth was there, but it wasn't like the internet was there, so you had to like do something to make it stand out from a shelf. And then just yeah, the sheer size of the things for how small the figures are, and it's like the a- absolute opposite these days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh yeah, if you see any, I'm I'm gonna check my WalMarts and see. But if you see any, let me know. I might I might buy an extra set just to hold on for nostalgia value. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I I have the WalMarts literally two minutes away, so I'll probably nice. check it out before work tomorrow. I have a Walmart that's close to me, but it's trash. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a it's one of those yet again. It's one of those WalMarts that got like repurposed into a, a small building, so it's actually smaller than other WalMarts. So they're like, oh, we stock less stuff. And I'm like, great. I hate it here. <laughs> but, all right. So, so. anyways, uh, let's, yep. um, 
one story I was going to get into last week, but obviously we had a lot going on with first episode back in a while. <laughs> but um, during our time away, I found out a very interesting thing. I was oh. in the market for a new bed, <laughs> and I was at the local Sam's Club. And I was just asking about the beds that they had. And the lady working at Sam's told me, she goes, well, we we do 100% like guaranteed if you're not happy you can bring it back. Oh. And I and I was and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." And she goes, "But just to let you know, this this might be an issue, but during COVID right now, uh we'll give you a 100% like guarantee and your money back, but we don't want the mattress back." Oh, fuck. You oh, man, I would be like, "You done fucked up." <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's interesting. She goes, yeah, so you're just, we ask you to bring back the mattress tag, and you you keep and you have to dispose of the mattress, but that's up man, to you. Man, and, man, And I was like, so I'm like, I was just thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go online and uh, see what you got. So I ended up, I was like, let's see if this works, and I'm just going to, fuck it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the most expensive one I can. Jesus Christ. That's what I would have so, done. So I ended up buying a $3,700 Tempur-Pedic. Ooh. And took about a month to come in the mail. Mm-hmm. And got got it delivered, set up. And about a week and a half later, I went to my local Sam's Club, and I was like, hey, I just bought this mattress online. I was going to see if I could return it in the store. And she goes, well, did it come in a bet or a bag or a box? And I was like, it was delivered in a bag. And yep. they they set it up. And she goes, oh, okay, well, that's that's good. And she's like, let me go see if our COVID policy is still in place. So I said, okay, perfect. So she talks to somebody else in customer service, comes back, and she's like, okay, you just need to go go home, uh, cut the tag off the mattress, and bring it back, and uh, we'll refund you the money, but you'll have to dispose of it. And I was like, oh, shit, this this is working because I'm a terrible human being. And so I was like, like, I'm going home right now and I'm going to cut this thing off. So go back. The original girl that I talked to is no longer there. Mm-hmm. But I talked to the girl that gave her the original answer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I was just in here. And she goes, oh, OK. And she goes, um, do you have the order number? And I was like, yeah, I pulled up. And she goes, oh, this is a really expensive mattress. I was like, yeah, I just, it, it was expensive, but just, I think because it's so expensive, I just wasn't satisfied with it. And she goes, okay. And she's like, well, I just want to, I want to check with somebody first so I don't get in trouble by returning this. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And so she called over her manager and he goes, yeah, it should be fine. He's like, let me just, let me call somebody in the back real quick. So I could hear the conversation, and um, he was like, yeah, somebody's here, return mattress they bought online. Um, it's a Tempur-Pedic, and it was, what, $36.99. And the person on the phone was like, um, yeah, we're, we're doing any, any refunds or for the COVID policy, any mattress that came in a bag or... Um, if it's not our brand, it has to be a Serta. Hmm. And so, so he gets he gets off the phone and he goes, "Yeah, it's fine. Go ahead and 
issue his refund and good to go. And then she goes, she stops him and goes, uh, he said, Serta, this is a Tempur-Pedic. And he goes, oh, you know, you're right. Well, let me, let me double check. Gets, gets him back. And yep, she, she prevented me from getting my refund. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, so, man. So, Cock blocked you right at the last minute. So, any, anyways, they were like, yeah, um. We can't re- we can't return it into the store, but we're gonna figure out how you can return it. So I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." Because after spending that much money, I was like, nah, "I don't want to go through with it." Right, and yeah, but, it also be out freaking almost four grand. So it ended up being about a two and a half week process to get this mattress returned. Um, had a transportation company come that was sent by Tempur Pedic, and mm. their process was, "Hey, um." We we will issue your refund within five days of having the mattress return and it go through our inspection process. I was like, okay, that's fine. So took about a week. Uh, the one truck company didn't end up showing up, so they issued another truck company. Guy calls me up, and he's like, um, are you home or um, for the mattress pickup? And I was like, I'm, I'm at work right now. My girlfriend's there, but... And he goes, well, I'm just by myself. I go, okay, well, Temper told me that they would come in and take the mattress. I wouldn't have to do anything. And he goes, well, that's not the case. And I go, okay, so what are, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm just throwing it on the back of a truck. And I'm like, well, I don't have a bag or anything to put this mattress in. And he's yeah. like, well, you're, like, you're going to be responsible for wrapping it up. I'm like, I, I, like, I don't know how I'm going to wrap this mattress up. And he's like, well, I'm not going to hold it because it's a used mattress. And I'm like, well, I've had a cover on it and it's just had it for essentially two weeks now. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff with mattresses and there could be all sorts of feces and semen on it. And I'm like, like. I'm going to feel all gross talking to you right. about it. And I'm like, well, you well, some shit. <laughs> Also, also, it's like one of those things too, where it's you know, you hate to be that guy, but you you want to say like, do you just like not doing your job? Like, is that is that the case? Because there are definitely uh, when I had my mattress replaced like three or four years ago. I mean, they came in, took all my old shit out, disposed of my other mattress, and then just completely dropped my new one in after they put the frame in. Mm-hmm. So I end up. I was like, "All right, well, I'm not. I'm not going to load the mattress with you because yeah, it's not. It's not my job. Taken care of. So I called Tempur-Pedic, and they're like, "Well, he said he should have had two people with him, but you don't need to worry about wrapping the mattress." And I'm like, "Well, is it going to be protected?" And they're like, "No, don't worry about that. It just as soon as it's on the truck, it's not your problem." I said, "Well, uh... this is my problem based on your return policy." Right. Especially they're if they're like, saying they have to inspect it. And he goes, yeah, I know I know our process says that. And I said, okay. I was like, you need to send somebody else. So they end up sending the same guys that delivered it. They bagged it, but essentially the temper guy's like, yeah, we don't do any inspection. As soon as we get the mattresses back, we just dispose of them. I'm like, okay. Yep. So and anyways, what, that ended up taking two and a half weeks to get that done 
But long term, not being a terrible person, I ended up buying a new mattress and bought a purple. Oh, okay. So I got the purple, I don't know, hybrid four, whatever it is. So right. had that for about a week now. Nice. It's, it's a very interesting bed. A very interesting bed. Why is that? It's it's extremely bouncy. Oh. Um, with the whatever rubber that grid thing they use. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've I've slept well on it. It's just, it just takes some getting used to. Hmm. Yeah, I I hear you. I have a. It's funny because now we're into freaking bed talk. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I have a. I have a really, really large mattress. Like, I, it's called a big fig, which is like designed for like larger people. Uh-huh. And uh, that thing, it took, it was so solid because I was so, you know, being a bigger guy, it's like you used to sinking into stuff. It was like for first like two weeks on that thing, it felt like I threw my shoulder out of socket because the thing does not move. It is, it's a comfortable mattress, but it is like I'm not used to having something that's supportive. Like yeah. even at my heavier size, like at my heaviest size, it was like, holy shit, is this what it's supposed to be like? My neck was all jacked up, my shoulder was all jacked up because it's like a sleep on the side. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, ah, what's going on? And they're like, oh, yo, it's like I talked to my chiropractor, and he was like, oh, that's what happens when your bones actually get like supported on something, you just don't sink into it. I was like, I don't like this. This is painful. <laughs> <laughs> so it took about like two weeks of like. <laughs> the messed up part is I think that was the reason why it was starting to hurt because I was sleeping so soundly because I wasn't moving around like oh, yeah, throw, at throw a discomfort. Throw whack. Yeah. And so I was just like, I wake up and I'm like, why am I still on my side? And then I get up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm freaking stiff. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. But no, it's no, at least you got it all straight now. Holy shit. I would have been. Yeah. So, so if, been... uh, if anybody, any of our listeners are out there looking for a mattress, uh, and want to be a piece go, of shit? Go, go, go for that Serta in store. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, just check your local Costco to see if it works. My god, it's fucking fucking bonkers. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, um, season two of the movies that made us, uh, Netflix Ooh. series. I don't know if you've happened to watch that. I watched Ghostbusters and I watched Home Alone. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two um, that I watched so far. Yeah, the new season that's come out, I believe it does Pretty Woman, Back to the Future, Jurassic Ooh. Park, and Forrest Gump. Damn. Okay. That's I've I've only watched Jurassic Park. Um it was it was really good. I think my only gripe with the people that do the movies that made us, obviously the toys that made us, mm-hmm. is it. I they try to make it. I mean, not so much like a documentary, but they try to make it entertaining as well. Oh, and yeah. sometimes they just really goof on kind of the subject matter to an annoyance. Yeah, they did it with the toy stuff too. Yeah, like, yeah, they did it with toys. Made us where it's like I don't need all these animated things, and I don't need your narration this much. Like, dial it back a little bit. But yeah, like, um, Jurassic Park. Surprisingly, there was a lot that I wasn't aware of that was going on. I didn't realize that that movie was leaning for like the first couple of years of like conception into hmm. uh, stop motion animation. No shit. And they actually had a lot of that footage of uh, what they made for the movie. Huh. I always I and see I always loved 
I love that kind of stuff where it's like, especially when you have like test shot footage and, or like final, like even final product footage, it got scrapped because I, re- I remember that, you know, movie for its time. It's like the CG. And even now, like the CG work is still like, it's been cleaned up a little bit and stuff, but the CG work for that movie is still a top tier, especially for when it came out. Yeah. And they, they go into like a lot of the things, a lot of the camera tricks that they did that, is the reason why the CG holds up today because of the shortcomings of the time. They just gotcha. know how to like pass it off. Right. Yeah. It's, I have to check that out, especially because of Forrest Gump and everything too. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. There's some really good ones on there. Yeah. And then lastly, just so I don't forget is mm-hmm. I wanted to get your take on the Ghostbusters trailer that came out. So, I know a lot of people were talking that it's like Stranger Things, Ghostbusters, and stuff like that. Um, I, I think it's gonna be fascinating. I, I think it's, I think it's a good way to extend the series without having to try. I, I really hope that it's more of a love letter to Ghostbusters, like you know, rather than being like a restart of a franchise. You know what I mean? Like it's from. From what I gathered of it, it I don't know. It tugged at the heartstrings, like especially seeing the Ecto One like riding through the field and stuff like that, and then like seeing all the stuff with like, especially like Egon's house. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. this like elaborate, like perfect thing because like look at look at the you know the firehouse and everything. It was always a mess, and Egon was always scatterbrained, and it, it's it was cool to see you know see this evolution of it, and then you know unfortunately the actor who played Egon he passed away years ago but like instead of going over and recasting that and trying to reignite something that isn't there like they just you know they wrote in they passed away and it's I I I hope it's good it looks I think it looks cool like it's a it's a cool way to to go back and talk about this stuff and then uh Ivan Reitman's son is the one directing it. So it's, I, I hope that he looked at his dad and was like, you know, is this right? Is this right? Should like at least help him a little bit. But the, this trailer helped me feel more nostalgic for Ghostbusters than the original trailer did. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know if it's directly where it'll go, but right. I know there was a few kind of hints at like kind of, the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, there's a part in the trailer where the road's splitting and the road's lit up beneath. And yep. I don't know if you were aware, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, somebody put out a fan made documentary on the history of trying to get Ghostbusters three made. Uh, no, I wasn't aware of that, but I, I can imagine what it is. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, pretty bare bones documentary but it's basically harold ramis and dan Aykroyd working on the script for i mean a good 15 years trying to get the sucker made but it almost all looked like it reverted back to they continued to write a script where basically there was an alternate dimension that was basically new york and it was all in like this hellscape Hmm. so there was basically New York as you see it, and then it would split off into a different shot, the exact same shot, but it was from hell. That makes and, sense. And, and I'm kind of curious if that some of that is 
in this? Eked into yeah, because I, I know there was a lot of stuff, especially in the real Ghostbusters cartoon, where they talked about like alternate dimensions where demons lived and stuff like that, and it was very reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. So, and I know you know a lot of people are, are upset because they're just like you know this isn't the. Of course, you have those people that are like, this isn't the fucking sequel that I wanted. And it's like, well, it's not the sequel that you're going to get. You know, Harold Ramis passed away. You know, it's also been 30-something years since Ghostbusters. Um, And it's it's not a sequel off of the uh, 2016 one. Right. And also the video game, the video game, if you play the video game, the video game's Ghostbusters 3. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, if you really want to go, and because, I mean, Ghostbusters 3 is written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. It's all the same original cast and voice actors and stuff like that. And it has a very similar plot and it's just, you just play it, but all the dialogue and everything's there. Like it's still a funny, it's still a funny game. It's just, yeah. If you want Ghostbusters three, play the game. But, yeah. The only yeah. thing that bumps, bumps me out is obviously the movie's been delayed so much and it sounds like uh well, we'll get into the, on the news side, but uh, Jason Reitman is very against movies uh, not coming to theaters first. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I can I will go see it in a theater, and I mean, we'll get into we'll get into it with new stuff because I mean, it's definitely like there's definitely a fine line in terms of how that works. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. But enough of that. Let's move yep. on to the game side. What you been right. playing? Um, <laughs> for me, it's just been Skyward Sword HD. So I've been. I mean, I've I probably got like forty five hours into it so far. Like it's just been. That's, that's the only thing. It's it's been one of those games where like. Have you ever played a game that you've been so deep into that you think about it when you're not playing it? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so that's what's happening here. And what's really weird to me is that, like, just like the... When I got to, like, the third area, uh, and when I played it originally, when I got to the third area, that's when the controls really started to click for me, and it started to make a lot more sense on how to play it. And so I started playing really well, and I really enjoyed it and that was with the motion controls now this time around it is with the you know the controller controls and the same exact thing happened where i got into the about the third area you know we're not talking like 40 or 50 hours in we're talking maybe like 10 15 in Mm -hmm. and i got to that area and all of a sudden just things started to click like how things started to flow and everything like that and I am really happy that Nintendo put regular controls in it. They're wacky. They're weird. But the fact <laughs> but that they work. the fact Yeah, they absolutely work for and it it's a it's an achievement for a game that was literally super niche because it required required all this, you know, required essentially, you know, literally a remote control to, you know, move everything around and everything you know, with motion controls and stuff to relegate it to a controller. And I'll be honest, it would have been the same exact way I would have mapped it if I was running an emulator. Like, you know, I would have mapped those certain controls to like the right analog stick. 
And mm-hmm. it just, it really works. It, it works well. There are a couple of times where I slip up, but there are times where I'm playing now, like there's a, there's a boss rush mode later on to get a shield. And I remember back in the day, like struggling and here I was so nervous because I knew I was going to get to that part soon. And I was like, man, when I get to that part, I'm going to get so fucked. I was like, this is going to be so messed up. I passed it on my first try because the controls were, you know, they're tight enough where I, was able to get through it easily. And so I was like, man, I was like, this is fantastic. So I'm coming, I'm like halfway, I'm probably close towards the end. I remember putting about 75 hours into the game. So I'm starting to do like a lot of the end game grind stuff. And I'm coming towards like the last boss and the last dungeon. I'm really excited. I mean, it's, I am enjoying it way more than I thought. And then today I just got in, along with a couple other games over the past few weeks, but I just got the Ace Attorney collection or collection. I, from I have, I have no idea what that is. So Phoenix, Wright, Ace Attorney. And then, uh, the other, their other one, I forget what it's called. It's something weird. They're basically visual novels. Like, so they're just like dialogue driven, you know, essentially dialogue driven with mildly animated characters on a board, but mm-hmm. Phoenix, Wright Essentially. Well, it's not essentially Phoenix, Wright Is a, prosecuting game like where you're mounting a defense you're literally playing a lawyer phoenix right and you're trying to defend your clients from getting you know put in jail so it's you going through investigating the case getting all the evidence and then submitting all that evidence and going against it and against prosecutors um they're very weird games they're super niche but i love them and so um in japan they released a physical copy of the first trilogy and the two new ones that just came out. Um, but the cool thing is, is that Capcom, when they release them in Japan, if you pop them in your PlayStation, they, uh, I got the PlayStation versions, but it happens with Nintendo switch too. whatever your system language is set to, it will play it in that language. So it, they're already built in, you know, they already have those languages built in. So I can play these import games cause they're region free as well. And they'll play in English. So I was That's like, awesome. oh, I would, yeah, I would like a nice physical collection. It comes in a nice slip case and has all this artwork and stuff. Of course, it's all in Japanese. I can't read it. But it's cool to be able to have physical copies of those and play in English. Um, and so those are the two games that I have that I've played. But uh, I've also picked up a couple other things from, have you ever shopped PlayAsia.com? It's been a very long time. Yeah, so I ordered a couple games. Uh, I. I'm okay with ordering from them, but it takes a long ass time because they were like on a shipping yeah. container. So pretty much a uh, a lot of they had a lot of games that were in Korea and like other Asian countries. They do release a lot of physical games, like physical versions of games, rather than over here where they'll do digital. Like Phoenix, right here, the original trilogy was released digitally, but in Asia it was released physically. That's why I went for it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I picked up four other games. I picked up uh, Legend of Mana, which and these are all digital here only. Um, Legend of Mana, um, was it? What's it called? Uh, it's called a different name in. Uh, it's called a different name in Asia than it is here. Um, God, it's like something. It's it's not fate. Um, uh, pillar it might be like pillars uh no it's not pillar of fate possibly i'm sitting there googling it now like a jackass i should have did this all earlier 
Oh, well. Um, picked up that game. Um, it's super niche. It's HD version of a super niche uh, PS3. Um, PS3 JRPG. Because I was like, oh, I'm on a JRPG kick. Why not? And uh, I picked up that. Um, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden Trilogy Collection came out. And it was physical here. Or it was digital here. But the yep. physical copy was the same exact price on play Asia. And I was like, well, fuck it. I was like, you're just preaching to the choir on this one. So I God, went over and bought that and brutal. I know. Yeah. And, uh, the last one was, uh, let me stand up. I got to move real quick. The last one was saga frontier, which is the old PS one RPG. And that came out physical for the switch. And so, yeah, picked up a bunch of, uh, bunch of import games. They all play in English. And that was, that was the big thing for me. I was like, well, if I can get them physical and they are all, that's, that's the only argument I have about like digital versus physical. Like the reason why I go physical, all these games were the same exact price as they were for a digital copy here. So I was like, well, other than me paying like 20 bucks for shipping, I got all of them physical copies. And I was like, well, shit, I was, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, really not bad for the import. Yeah, so, you know, considering the fact they were all imported. And then uh, the Ace Attorney trilogy, because the yen is really weak right now, I actually got those cheaper than I would have bought them here. Oh, shit. Did, yeah, I got them cheaper physical, shipped all the way from Japan, than I would buy them digital here. <laughs> Which is, I was like, man, that's fucked. So, yeah, I'm, those are the only two games I'm playing. I'm coming towards the end of Skyward Sword. Um, I decided what I'm going to play next. I I know everybody in Discord is talking about the ascent. I think Toast beat it, so I might give that a shot. Um, yeah, I or, downloaded that one last night to yeah. hopefully dive in. Um, yeah. I've seen, I've heard like fifty percent. It's a better single player experience. Hmm. I think all around, I've heard the story side's weak, but the game is solid. But that's yeah, Game Pass. So. so. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's a beautiful part. It's on Game Pass, and I've been either I've been debating on that, or uh, I might dive back into Monster Hunter stories too, because you know it's like Pokemon with dragons. So it's yeah, it's because I it sucks because Monster Hunter stories two came out and I played a little bit of it and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then the I think it was the following week, Skyward Sword came out and I started playing it, and then Skyward Sword dove its hooks into me, and I was like, uh oh. And so, yeah, I don't know. Or I might take a break. I haven't decided yet. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing? Um, What I haven't been playing much of, but I've been seeing a lot of, is mm-hmm. my kid is um, playing Smash like crazy on the Switch. I, I kept on seeing you pop up online for that, and I figured that was your kid playing it. Yeah, um, obviously, we've, we've had the game for a long time. She, mm-hmm. she didn't get into it. I am I mean, I haven't played Smash since 64. I was just, that's just not my type of fighting game. Yeah, I have um, to be in a certain, I have to be in certain moods to play it. And so I've, I've hopped in. I think she's unlocked. Uh, I think she's crossed over 50 characters now. So she she's cruising, but mm-hmm. man, I I do not know how to play that game. Um, it's 
it's very weird because it's not like a regular fighting game where you're like, oh, I just got to link these combos together and everything. Nope. Yeah, and like she absolutely destroys me. I can't seem. I hop in. She'll ask for help, and like I've never had that moment of like I can't help you with this. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 funny because like especially because that game that game's notorious for like different characters like being super different. Like, yeah, if you look at somebody. That's kind, like, of, that's kind of like what I gathered, and that's like probably one of my struggles is she's always hopping around different characters and. I'm like I, I don't know how to like utilize this person. Right, you're just like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, because I mean, you have like, and especially like even bigger like oversized characters, like Bowser and uh, K. Rool and Donkey Kong. They all are somewhat similar, but they all play different, even though they're heavier characters. Mm-hmm. And then you have people like Little Mac that are like super strong. They hit you, and then you play like I plays Kirby a lot because I like it they uh they floats around. Like when he knocks off he can you know he hit up and he floats around like he does in his games. So yeah he plays Kirby. The, uh, the two characters I've played the most as and absolutely terrible is Pac-Man and Sonic and Pac-Man's I, hard. Um yeah I found myself multiple times just Sonic same way as just dashing myself right off the level. <laughs> That's the thing too. It's like because you're so used to like hitting back his block and things like that. And I think it's cool that Smash is so different than any other fighting game that you know they people try to emulate it with like that Nickelodeon game that's coming out and everything. But yep. uh, I think it's cool that its own its own it it became its own genre of fighting game, even though we can't wrap our heads around it. Yep, it's I yep. mean it's the Nintendo way. Yeah. So, uh, what else you got? Um, the other thing is Flight Simulator finally came to Series X and the S. How, how is it? Uh, it's I've obviously I've played it on a PC. Um, okay. I can't do the the 4K resolution, but I can do the increased frame rate. Um, mm. It is. It's insane. The level of detail that they got on that on a console. Yeah, it's I've been seeing pictures of it, even running on like a series uh a series X or a series S and seeing it on the one X. Is it on the one X? I think it's on the one X. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, seeing pictures of it, like still images you just look at it and go, holy shit. How's it run on Series X? Um, I haven't noticed any issues. Hmm. Um I think the the one thing that I've I've seen obviously playing on PC is when you're flying low to the ground, there mm-hmm. there's a higher level of detail on what it's pulling in. But if you're going into the Series X for the first time, you're not going to notice anything, and it's it's pretty insane on what it pulls off. Okay. Um, lo- load times are a little rough to get into the game, mm-hmm. but I think that's mostly just for, I mean, how it's populating the world. Um, it's, it's a boring game. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, um, it's flight sim. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've only played it through controller on PC and on the console. Okay. So I don't notice a lot of difference there. Hmm. Um, from what I can tell, it really supports any configuration that you want to play. 
So That's you can dope. do a mix of, I mean, controller, keyboard, mouse, whatever you want. Yoke or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think regardless, if you if you have the space to download it, it's about 100 gig. Jesus um, Christ. I mean, just da- download it, spend an hour or two, put in a few destinations. Yeah. And just, it's... It excites me for when that Top Gun expansion comes out. I think that's where that game's really going to shine. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of size of video games, because when you said 100 gigs, I was just thinking about the, you know, we'll get into it with news, but uh, that's the thing we could add is talking about the beta for the PS5 uh, <laughs> expansion port is out. And I was looking at the prices of freaking MVME drives, and I was like, oh, fuck me. Um, there is one game I want to talk about that I actually might go to once I beat Skyward Sword. Is, uh, have you ever have you seen anything about this game called Chernobylite? I've heard it, but I don't know much on it. So it's a, it's a single-player, uh, it's a single-player, like, survival game. Almost like, uh, I wouldn't say Dying Light, but it's very reminiscent of that. But it's... Okay. The the developers actually did a scan of Chernobyl's exclusion zone, um, which is uh, I think it's either thirty or fifty miles diameter around Chernobyl. Yeah, and uh, and it they actually did scans of it, so it's it's modeled directly after it, and you and it's strictly a single player game. It's out for PC now. It just passed. It's uh, it just released its final version of it. They're making a PS5 and Xbox copy or Xbox versions later this year, but it just came out uh, on PC and it looks phenomenal. It, it looks really cool. I watched a couple streams of it. Um, uh, Co Carnage on YouTube does streams of it, and he uh, he was showing it off, and it, it's cool because like you know it's it has shooting and stuff like that. You're taking out like different enemies. Pretty much, you're looking for your fiance. Like your fiance goes missing and inside of Chernobyl and you're going after her to figure out what's going on. And a lot of like, it's not just like a literal game. There's a lot of like supernatural bits that are coming out with it. A lot of like reminiscing about the past. Um, Give me very much like sort of like Bioshocky type of vibes. And that's why I've been really interested in playing it. And plus uh, me and my coworkers have been on a Chernobyl kick lately. So, I was gonna, I was gonna yeah, say yeah. that. So yeah, it's right yeah. up your alley right now. Right, and I was like, "Fucking shit!" And she was the one, uh, one of my coworkers. She was, we were all listening to the book. We were all listening to a book about it. And she was like, "Have you seen this game?" And I was like, "No." And for me, you know, Mister runs his own fucking podcast and does his shit and reads about video games all the time. She showed me the game, and I was like, "I have know nothing about this." And she was like, "You have to look at it." So. It, it, yeah, I'm. It's like, and it's cheap too. I think it's like thirty dollars on Steam. So uh-huh. I'm like, well, I, yeah, I'm like, well, I got the. I was like, fuck, I got the rig to play it, and the specs for it, like the game runs great, but the specs for it are actually like super optimized. Like, I mean, the recommended specs, because like, I have a, I have a PC with a thirty seventy in it, and uh, <laughs> you don't need anywhere near that <laughs> to run it and make it look great. So I was like, well, shit. I was like, now I'm just asking to play this game. But yeah, so oh, sorry super, about that. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if if you jump into it, I'm I'm interested to get your take on it. Yeah, I yeah I probably I'm debating on it now, and this might actually push me over to do it. But yeah, uh, 
onward and upward. You want to get, speaking of video games, you want to get in the news? Let's do it. Let's wrap this thing up and yeah. jump into Don't have a lot out there. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll, you want to talk about the... Uh, you want to talk about the PS5 uh, beta that's out first? Yeah, let's let's yeah. do it. Um, I'll let you go into it. There's some good yes. bad out there, I think. Yeah, so uh, um, they talked about the PS5 software beta is coming out for users now, and it's starting to roll out, and um, they are letting you use... They finally started doing the use of NVMe drives. So, but there's, you know, it, it sucks because there's like, there's a lot of stipulations to it. So, you know, obviously MVME drive, which is an SSD, it's an ultra high speed SSD, no moving parts, obviously. Um, so Sony's allowing these beta users to actually go over and finally install these. The problem is, is that there's a, there's a lot of stipulations. So when you get one and one, they're one they're very expensive like a two terabyte one is close to the price of a ps5 so they're about 430 something dollars which makes sense because the you know expansion port for xbox is also about 200 dollars for a terabyte 220 but you can get them for around 180 the shitty part is that yeah and also i mean you buy these consoles for 500 bucks right are valued much higher than that because they lose money on the suckers Right. And it really skews, I mean, what your interpretation of it is. Yeah. And so with the, uh, with, you know, with Microsoft, it's, it's, uh, it's super easy. You know, you buy the little expansion card and you just plug it right in. It just pops right in. No weird shit or any kind of weird things that you have to have with it. The problem is with Sony is that, um, they're very strict on how these, what drives they want you to use. Um, you have to use a PCIe Gen 4, which is like the newest generation of SSDs, which um, they have to at least have 5,500 megs a second read speed. And so you're automatically putting these up at like top tier, top of the line, which is cool, but at the cost of them being very expensive. Another thing they also recommend too is that it should have a heat sink, which I didn't realize that until reading about it, that certain versions of these NVMe drives that come out don't have heat sinks. Correct. Yep. So I was like, well, shit. So they also have to have heat sinks. And so, and then they have to be under a certain millimeter size. So that way they fit in the slot correctly and close. So, I mean, luckily there's a lot of people online that are pointing people in the right directions of buying exactly which one will fit the PS5. But the one I was looking at, it was the Samsung one, and it's it's two terabytes, but it's also about four hundred and thirty dollars. So, I'm like, I might just say fuck it and pull the trigger because another thing is too is like, even after a few years, if I don't use my PS5 as much or anything like that, one two terabytes, I think I should be solid of my the whole rest of the gen having to worry about it. But also, if I really don't like it, I can always rip it out and drop it into my PC. So that's yeah. the cool part about it is that it's not super proprietary like like Microsoft's is. But the fact that I have to do all that. Another thing, too, is that people were bringing up was like they're asking Sony that I believe Sony hasn't responded to yet is what happens if my PS5 goes up? Like, I'm, you know, 
if I accidentally mail it in with my freaking almost $500 NVMe drive, am I going to get it back? And, and I also like, yeah, I, I have that ter- that terrible yep. concern of so many stipulations on this yep. is one, how, how thorough has this been tested with all the different scenarios? And I'm yep. like, with the insane supply shortage that's going to be probably stretching into at least this next year, that risk of breaking a console is, <laughs> is, it, is yep. it worth that risk at all? I wish, I wish, like, and I hope, you know, because it's in beta now that Sony hasn't said anything officially, like, what ones go into it, because it's in beta. Like, I really hope that Sony goes over and gives people, like, a solid list. You know what I mean? Oh, did you want a 500 meg one? Use this one. This one works great. Oh, you want a one terabyte? Use this one. It works great. Instead of us having to f- do all the freaking decision making ourselves, it also makes a lot of sense on why Sony was so quiet about what's coming out with it. Because I bet you that this son of those sons of bitches were still testing it while the PS5 was out. Oh yeah, because how do how do you figure out like the ones need a heat sink or this one doesn't need this or you know you need this one with this much write speed? Because they were probably still testing it, and the fact that now it's in beta goes over and solidifies the fact that they were still testing it. Yeah. So hopefully Sony comes out with a little bit more clarification. Like, yeah, you got a lot of stipulations, but I hope they give you like exactly the clarification because me having to explain it to my brother the other day on how these drives work was a nightmare because he is very much a base level user in terms of having a PlayStation. And so yeah. he was like, how do I expand the memory for my PS5? And I was like, well, this is what you have to buy. And he was just like, really? And I was like, yeah, he was like, and he didn't even know what those drives were. So it's like, Literally, I had to explain all this stuff to him in layman's terms. Like, yep. okay, you know, hard drives don't spin anymore. They're not boxes. They come in a little chip. And he's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, so that's the Sony saga with their expandable memory. As time goes on, I might splurge and get one. Hopefully, New Egg does something where they do like 20% off one. I can just pull the trigger real quick. Yeah, I I would look at it for myself probably more down the road. The way I'm playing the PlayStation right now, there's very few games that I'm constantly swapping between. Yeah. So, until I get that need, I'm just going to kind of wait and see if prices start to go down in the next year or two. I'm in that same I'm in that same boat. I don't have a lot of native PS5 games, and the fact that PS4 games can boot directly from a hard drive that I have attached to my PS5, you're, it's not. there's not really any incentive for me buying it right now other than saying that I have it. So... And like you said, if the expandable, if two terabytes goes down under $300 or like around the $300 mark, I think that's when I'll be a lot happier to pull the trigger. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's not a bad price right there. Yeah, so. All right, well, you want to take the, that's pretty much it for that. You want to take the next news story? Yeah, um, obviously we, I mentioned on the Ghostbuster side, Jason Reitman on his feelings that movies should get a proper release in theaters. Mm-hmm. There was a lawsuit that came out with uh, Scarlett Johansson against Disney. Basically that she had it within her contract that Black Widow would get an exclusive release in theaters. Hmm. Instead, Disney released it day one on Disney plus. 
Um, without without readjusting her contract? Without readjusting her contract. And hmm. basically it sounds like her deal was almost reminiscent to, say, Robert Downey's deal through kind of the old MCU that he got a lot on the back end on ticket sales. Ah, so she essentially got fucked. Because from what I heard about like this stuff is like Disney didn't renegotiate deals or fix deals, but apparently HBO with HBO Max did. Like with their actors, like they gave them, they gave them, they changed their stuff around. In yeah. Terms of like, yeah. Which, which I mean, yeah, that, that on the surface level looks like it makes a lot of sense because obviously when HBO Max came out, they had that full kind of here, here's the next like two years, all these movies are coming day one. Where obviously the Disney Plus side of things has been kind of very, I mean, not a lot of heads up on it, but hey, this this is going to be coming out Disney Plus premiere. Right. Um, because it- yeah, because apparently Warner Brothers has come up with a new plan to compensate filmmakers during the pandemic, like treat every single one of them like like a box office smash. So they were going over and like disputing a lot. Of, like they pretty much were figuring it out rather than being like Disney where they just like stay quiet and they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to do it this way. Son of a bitch. And, and immediately when I read that article, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I'll be interested in detail. I'm sure they're obviously a lot of those a lot of details for just that come out and a lot of things that are kind of unrelated to it and i was like i'm I'm sure there was something that came out but yeah disney's immediate response to it doesn't give me a lot of hope that they were the most ethical in it oh yeah i'm sure they they were. they base they basically just painted her as she should understand that we have a pandemic going on and that this is just more of a safety deal. Yeah. Well, because I'm looking, I just typed in now while you're talking, and apparently the movie made about $80 million at the box office, right? So she gets a cut of that. What she doesn't get a cut of is the $60 million that it made from Disney+. Plus. Yep. So, I mean, granted, first world problems, you're literally, you know, we're literally... Yeah up in arms about somebody not making their cut of $60 million, but it's more of just like the shady business practices surrounding that kind of shit rather than renegotiating your contract. And it seems like, it seems like Scarlett Johansson probably gave them the benefit of the doubt or didn't realize it was going to be a thing. And then probably got blindsided with it. And then they were like, Hey, and they are, they were already so far in. They were just like, nah, fuck that. You're not getting shit. You didn't negotiate this. Yeah, and I think like the sixty million is is going to be so hard to quantify what that could have been ticket sale wise or what she lost out on revenue. Yeah. Because obviously you have that spread across obviously a household. But obviously tons of people share their Disney Plus accounts with whoever. You can look at any Disney Plus movie that comes out through that premiere, and I guarantee it's bootlegged within well, the hour it comes out. One thing I did find out that's fucked up with Disney Plus too is that uh if you buy those films, like the premiere ones, yeah, you can yep. stream it whenever you want. Only as long as you have a Disney Plus subscription. 
Well, so if you paid, so if you yeah. paid the thirty dollars to have that movie, and then you decided that you're ending Disney Plus, you can't watch it anymore. That's that's pretty messed up. Yep i I looked at and, the fine print because somebody and there goes your wonderful fear of a digital future. Yep, and uh, it, it's funny because like I think things like Audible, like Amazon's Audible, has spoiled me because like Audible, if you end your subscription, like you. All the DRMs are yours. Like my wife, uh, she had an Audible account and she just ended her Audible account because she was like, I really don't listen to enough books anymore, blah, blah, blah. But all the books that she bought with her credits from Audible are still there. So I still have the Audible app loaded. It's just I'm just not paying for a subscription right now. So it, I think that's messed up that Disney even like, and the messed up part is they snuck it in in like fine print. And the only reason why I even remotely saw it was because somebody asked me, they were like, you know, if I buy this movie, like they were talking about black widow, they were like, if I buy the movie, can I watch it as many times as I want? And I looked it up and it was like, Oh yeah, you can watch as many times as you want. As long as you're a Disney plus subscriber. And I was like, excuse me. What? <laughs> so yeah, another, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting rid of Disney plus anytime soon. Cause why would I? But I just thought it was fucked yeah. if somebody decides to end it. That if you paid the extra thirty dollars for this, you you know it's like get fucked. It's ours. Yep. And so. from a few little rumblings I've seen is Kevin Feige, obviously the the man behind the MCU. He, I guess, he expressed his concern with Disney going that route, and didn't want him them to like make any bad blood for him. And right. Supposedly, he stays very much like that is not his typical route of saying anything. Yeah, yeah. Usually, he's pretty quiet about that kind of stuff. And I mean, another thing is too is like while this is okay this time around, like I hope Disney learns from it because all it's going to do is not incentivize actors, like especially the big name actors that you've been pulling to be in the MCU, um, not be in the MCU anymore. Or not want to do it. And you're eventually reverting yourself back to, you know, pre-Avengers 1 type of, like, actors. Because let's let's cut it down to brass tacks. Like, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't exactly the pinnacle of his career when he did Iron Man. And, you know, Ed Norton was popular, but not enough to go over and say, like, man, you know, these people are superstars. Like, and now it's to the point where, like, you have, you know, certain people want to be in the MCU and 10 years ago, they wouldn't want to be in it. And I just hope it doesn't revert back because it's like, Hey, if you think your paycheck's going to be big doing this, it's not. And so I think that's one of those things where, you know, they dance a fine line. Hopefully they nix the idea once, you know, COVID's over and they don't keep doing it. Cause I think that will also be shitty. Yeah. I saw Emma Stone's got a similar lawsuit out. Yep. And and maybe they end up going a route like obviously Universal I think was the first studio to make the major push. Yep. And obviously they had the theaters boycott them. Mm -hmm. But I believe it was Fast 9 was the first one but it went on I think like a 16 day window. So yeah. theaters theaters had 16 days of exclusive rights and then they put it out digitally. Yeah, which is also weird as hell. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things where like, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see how this goes. And so yeah, but it's, 
Yeah, it's and it's it's going to be telling. I mean, a year from now, if we ever get post pandemic, whatever that may be, to see if they change how they're releasing those or if that premiere access goes away. I I hope it does because I mean I watched Cruella and I watched Black Widow, but my thing is is that like also it's the level of greed that comes with Disney when it comes to that stuff. Like thirty dollars for that, it's one none of the money's going back to the actors. Two, you're charging that much and ticket prices are cheaper. Like, yeah, I get to watch yours as much as I want, but a lot of those movies, it's like I pay the $30 and I'm only going to watch it once or twice. And, like, and that and that greed side of, hey, we just made $60 million that goes directly back to us. Right. And yeah, it, it, yeah, it goes directly back to you guys without giving any kind of revenue to anybody else. And especially like when you negotiate into your contracts, like a lot of these people, they'll go over. I mean, this it sounds so shitty that I'm actually defending all this shit now and just like thinking in hindsight, like, oh my God, Chicago Johansson's not getting millions of dollars. But it's like the lesser of two evils, right? You know, it's she's probably asking for like a percentage of the box office take, but Disney going over and circumventing her box office take and literally shooting themselves in the foot so that way they can get even more money is just even a shittier practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people like, you know, so now what's fucked up is too, is like I said, you're starting to burn bridges. Cause now like, if you want a Scarlett Johansson to come back, she's not going to come back. Like you have the multiverse and everything. Now, if you said, Hey, we want to get the new Avengers together for a new shoot. She's going to be like, fuck you. And if, you know, Chris, you know, Chris Evans and stuff like that sees this kind of stuff. And, sees what Disney's doing, they're not going to all want to come back. They're all going to go back and do their own thing again. So you just alienated all these people who got you to this point, which is even shittier. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... So... Damned if you... Yeah, it's it's, it's a fucked up both sides. Yeah. Um, Last thing, obviously... Toast isn't here, but I love just getting these stories. That's gonna fucking drive them off the wall. I know we're gonna hear about it. We're gonna we're gonna hear about the shit once uh once this hits. So past past few weeks, including this week, we've gotten two major announcements for new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies coming out. Yeah, I mean that's that's exciting. So I uh, uh, so you know, you, are you talking about like the Seth Rogen one that was supposed to be? Uh, the um, Seth Ro- the Seth Rogen one that he is supposedly writing, the animated right. one. Yep. And that one, I, I, I don't know. I from what I've heard is it's going to focus more on the more teenage aspect of them. And then yeah. was it Colin Jost? Speaking of Scarlett Johansson, I think she's or he's married to her. Yeah, I know, lucky bastard. Um, he is teed up with maybe his brother. Yeah, to, him and his brother Casey and Colin are both doing him. Yeah, to um write the next Turtles movie that Michael Bay is still involved with. Fuck me. <laughs> um, I was okay with it. I was I was excited for that until they said Michael Bay was involved with it. Like, yeah, I was. I, I was kind of the same sense. I am. I am a obviously a humongous Turtles fan. The first movie, the first Michael Bay movie was just like, it was too much. It was very much like 
reinventing the wheel without having when the wheel is already round. You know what I mean? Or like reinventing the wheel to make it square instead of round because it's like, oh, it's a harder drive, but you know, it's fucking easier to do whatever because Michael Bay's an idiot. Um, well, that 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 movie went through so many yeah weird weird issues and, and and the second the second one was more like you know it had a lot more like throwbacks to the original turtles obviously but the fact is is that like they were you know the turtles being like eight or nine feet tall and you know being really weird like you know weird amalgam cg like it just I, well they yeah and the whole concept of the movies they they were going on the fact that they were aliens yeah yep Yep. Mm, yep. So, but yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. I I don't know if it's gonna be a third movie or Michael Bay is just gonna produce and they're gonna do a full reboot. I I I hope it's like that because if it's anything like Transformers, like when Michael Bay, the further he's away from it, the better it gets. Yeah, like, because like yeah, because like if you looked at like Transformers one through four. Like the first Transformers, while it's interesting, it's different. They they just get progressively worse, and then once Michael Bay is just producing and let somebody else do it, then you get movies like Bumblebee. Yep. And Bumblebee is like that perfect is that perfect mix of nostalgia and modern take on you know newer take on things. So it was like, okay, cool. This is the movie I actually wanted all those years ago. And I hope that, like you said, he produces it, and these two write it, and they write it. Throw a, a, throw a couple explosions, a couple light flares in there to make him happy. Yep, exactly. Just to appease him for a little bit, but just actually make like a solid Ninja Turtles, you know, solid Ninja Turtles actual movie. And it, it's weird, like Ninja Turtle media, like outside of like the last good thing that I think came out was 2012. You know, with the C Nickelodeon CD yeah. stuff, because like yeah. there are a lot of people that say Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is really good. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I I don't yeah. think so. I I, I think I it's agree. yeah. I everything that I've watched of it is like not good. Like it's just not good. Um, apparently, rumor is that it already got canceled. Um, that season three, that season three is definitely not coming out. So, if that goes to show you anything. I yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's, things I mean, get, hopefully things I, get better for turtles in terms of media. I know, and I like. I really I have a lot of confidence in this. Obviously, there's two really strong writers behind both of them. Yeah, that's a, that's the way I feel. Is like they have two really strong writers in it. Hopefully, you know, Michael Bay stays at bay, pun intended, and uh, and doesn't have that direct involvement in it and actually have somebody that goes more akin to the source material. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Only time will tell. And I, th- I think they really just need to, I mean, much like, I mean, the, the figure series, I mean, out right now, lean on the source. Yep. Yep. And and the thing is there's, you know, the 2012 series is a perfect way to like show you that like this stuff can be modernized if done correctly. It can be made interesting and stuff like that. You don't have to change the formula as much as like Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but like there is a lot of stuff that like core values in there that you can, you know, pertain on like family, brotherhood, you know, 
it things like that it's just yeah there's a there's a lot of interesting lore there that they can dive into instead of just having to like ham fist all this stuff or make it so different that it's not you know what we're used to but there's ways to you know extend that out even if they based off some of the new stuff in the comics it would be interesting so yeah yeah, we'll see hopefully hopefully something good comes out of it yep but anyways that wraps us up for this episode a lovely episode 86 um just wanted to say thanks we got some good feedback on kind of our return this week or this past week and it's very much appreciated. We're we're yeah. listening to everybody out there. And if you want to find us, where can they go, Bob? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Complete Geeks. Yep. And if you hop into our Discord, um, I know we are going to have some community play stuff in regards to Dirt 5 out there in yeah. the coming week. So if you're interested in get your race on, it's kind of a little build-up hype coming into Horizon 5 in the near future. Yeah, um, no, community play is always fun. Yep. And we will catch you on the next episode. Yeah. See y'all. Thank you for listening. Yep. Thank you. The Complete Geeks Podcast. Podcast.